Welcome to Married by Design. Unchecked cravings, unwillingness to listen to wise counsel, and lack of real commitment to the relationship. Those are all things that lead to an ugly marriage that we'll see on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to our podcast this week. It certainly has been a very interesting series looking at marriages in the Bible. We have so much to learn from so many examples that God has given us. Life is, if we're living it right, a continual education and learning process. Yes, that's right. We have so much still to learn. It's interesting how many ideas are out there about marriage and relationships today. The sad thing is that many people don't want to learn from God's wisdom. They've decided that they can figure it all out on their own, and they stumble through relationship after relationship, and that leads to heartache and frustration. Well, as we've gone through these couples from the Bible, it seems like one common theme in the couples that do well is that they're teachable, and they're open to other people's input. And those couples that struggle often are resistant to counsel and instruction. We'll look at one of those couples today. Joe and I have been married for 34 years, and we still haven't figured it all out. We're still learning and still need to adapt our attitudes and actions to line up more with God's Word, and to line up more with the godly examples that we see in the Bible. God is all-wise, and He knows what's best. What's best for us, if we're smart, is to receive His instruction and His wisdom and apply it to our lives. This is what this couple today did not do in their lives. They were not receptive to God's word and did did not apply his truth. The couple that we're going to be looking at this week is Samson and Delilah. Actually, we're going to look at Samson's life and his relationship with two women. First his wife and then Delilah. We're going to pick up the story starting in Judges chapter 13. Last week, we looked at the example of Ruth and Boaz, such a godly couple and so receptive to instruction and direction. You can see this woven through their relationship and marriage. There's not a lot told us about their relationship after they were married, but there certainly is no doubt that they did well. This is not the case with Samson. His life did not end well, and neither did his relationships with these two women. The quandary is really to decide what category Samson is in. Is he reasonably under the good, the bad, or the ugly category? Samson seems to be a strange mix of all three. He was called by God to the ministry of judging the Philistines. Despite his weakness, as we shall see, he achieved that end. Or at least we can say that God achieved the end through him. It also says at times in these chapters that he was filled with the Spirit. That would lead us to almost think that he should be in the good category, but that certainly can't be with all his cravings and choices. His relationships with these two women were train wrecks. He was not a man that was seeking after God, but he was seeking after his own desires. Samson is listed in Hebrews 11 as a hero of the faith. I'm not sure that we can glean a lot from these chapters and judges that will demonstrate that he was a man of great faith. Maybe there are other parts of his life in which he really trusted God and his word. However, this part of his life doesn't seem to be so. The category that we defined as ugly is that in which the individual generally wanted to seek God, 
But they had times that made, they made foolish choices. As you'll see this also, it doesn't seem that Samson had a real heart for the Lord and wanted to walk with him. He wanted his own way, and God used him despite his own desires and self-will. So we decided to put him under the bad category. He seemed to make consistently poor and evil choices in his life. We will look at those some this week. He was used by God, but there were a lot of people that were used by God. The nations of Assyria and Babylon were used by God to bring judgment on Israel, and they certainly weren't good. At times it says that Samson was filled with God's Spirit. This, this must have been a very rare occurrence in his life at certain special times in which God wanted to accomplish something through him. King Saul in the Old Testament was an evil king, and yet he was filled with the Spirit uh, to prophesy and do God's work. It seems like most of the time Samson was driven by his own desires and his own wisdom. Uh, Frankly, it seems a mystery as to how God can fill a man with a spirit that is so fleshly and self-willed. So that's why we put him under the bad category. I guess these categories are not hard and fast and certainly aren't set in stone. The category merely lets us identify individuals by the general thrust of their life. And Samson certainly wasn't good. So let's dive into Samson. As I said, we start in Judges chapter 13. We'll draw out some principles again that we would suggest that we can all learn from. We need to see the concepts that we can and should apply in our lives. The first thing that seems very clear is the high call that Samson had in his life as a Nazarite and how far short he fell from it. God called Samson as a Nazarite and intended to use him to judge the Philistines. God did use him, despite Samson missing that call. It makes you wonder what Samson could have been and what he could have accomplished if he had just followed God's instruction and calling. Even before his birth, God made it clear to Samson's parents that he was to be a Nazarite. His parents, in chapter 13, took it very seriously. It's said in verse 7 that God intended Samson to be a Nazarite set apart to God from the womb to the day of his death. As his parents were told, the Nazarite was not to drink wine or strong drink, nor to eat anything unclean. He was to have no razor come upon his head. That's in verses 4 and 5 in chapter 13. Right from the start of chapter 14, things start to go south. Samson disregarded his calling. Again, God used him because God's sovereign, but the calling to be set apart as a Nazarite was lost on Samson. Because he was meant to be set apart, it was wrong for him to choose a daughter of the Philistines. In verse 6, Samson killed a lion, again going against his calling. He ate some honey out of the carcass, and he shared it with his parents without them knowing. In chapter 16, verse 1, it says that he went to a prostitute. Wow, bad choices against his calling. I wonder how much we miss God's call for our lives because we disregard the calling that God has on us. Our calling as a child of God, our calling as a husband or a wife or a godly parent. The incredible ways that God wants to use you in your spouse's life, in your children's lives, the lives of those around you. And what a fantastic marriage we could have and we can have if we take that call seriously. You can get to a place where you know, like Samson, the things that the Lord wants you to do and yet disregard that calling. Sometimes it's good to go back to the basics, ask some fundamental questions. 
What is God calling me to be as a husband, as a father, a Christian? We can lose the forest for the trees. We can get so bogged down in the details of life and the immediate and lose sight of the big picture. We scoop the honey out of the lion because it seems right, but we fail to see the result of that compromise. You can't look at Samson's life and think that he was a success. It didn't end well. God had laid out for his parents and then him the guidelines for effectiveness. What are the guidelines that the Lord has laid out for you? What has he made clear that you should do or not do? We challenge you to take that calling seriously and not miss what God intends for your life and your marriage. Another principle we see is Samson's insatiable desires and how he was driven by them. When you look in Judges 14 verse 2, you see this. He said, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. He repeated this again in verse 3. Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. We saw this before at Adam and Eve. It's a dangerous thing to be driven by our own desires and what seems right in our eyes. This is repeated again in verse 7. You see his desire driven by hunger when he scooped out some of the honey from the carcass of the lion. And in verse 19, after his wife told the answer to the riddle, it says that in hot anger he went back to his father's house. Samson was a man driven by his desires. We said before about chapter 16, verse 1, that he saw a prostitute and went into her. Samson repeatedly makes fleshly choices to satisfy his desires. What a challenge this is when we think about our marriage relationship. Are you driven by your own desires? When you see something that you want, do you press for it no matter what? Well, Paul writes in in Philippians about those who, quote, whose God is their appetite, close quote. It seems like this is part of the reason that Samson never had a really good relationship with a woman. He was dominated by his emotions and his desires. In a marriage relationship, we have to be careful about what drives us forward. If we allow our desires and emotions to drive us, we will end up squandering what God has given us and causing damage in the marriage relationship. Uncontrolled anger, lust, greed are just a few of the things that can make us like Samson. When these desires are unchecked, they lead us to the kinds of relationships that Samson had. Yeah, we've been studying in Ecclesiastes in our Bible study. It's interesting in chapters 5 and 6 that Solomon records the importance of finding satisfaction under the sun. Because of the brokenness of our world, there will never be complete satisfaction. Yet we can be in a place where we find contentment and satisfaction in life. He writes in chapter 6 verse 9, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. We need to learn to be content with what we see and what we have rather than always wanting something that we don't have. So the question is, is there something in your heart that you are craving and desiring that is throwing you off from a great marriage? Are you being driven like Samson to get something because it looks right in your eyes, but you know in your heart that it's not God's best for your spiritual life and your marriage? This is where dying to self comes in. At times, we have to willingly and consistently put aside those desires and cravings to find something more in our marriage and our spiritual life. That's right. We have to purpose in our mind and realize that we have to choose to put aside our immediate desires 
and what looks right for us, for what God says. Esau is another example of being driven by cravings when he chose a bowl of porridge over his birthright in Genesis. So often we do that and we miss out on God's desire for us in our life. God gave Samson wise counsel that would have helped him. This is another lesson from the life of Samson. He failed to listen to the counsel of his parents and he suffered for it. In Judges 14, when he wanted the first woman, his father and mother said to him, in verse 3, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? A Samson threw caution and wise counsel to the wind and did what he wanted to do. He was so driven by his desire that he would not listen to anyone. It's interesting when you go back to chapter 13, verse 8, how willing Samson's parents were to be taught what they were to do with the child, but it was not so with Samson. This is another theme that we see repeated in the bad marriages. One or both of the people in the marriage are unwilling to listen to the counsel of others. The question for you in your marriage, and individually, is how much do you seek out the wise counsel of others? Is there something that someone has said to you, like Samson's parents, that you have disregarded because of your own cravings? God also gives us a safeguard within the marriage relationship. Has your spouse talked to you about an issue? Something that you need to address in your own heart and life, but you're unwilling to? The end of these decisions was a very sad and bad marriage. Samson never really had a relationship with a woman that God desires for a man to have. It seems in his first wife that she was working against him. When Samson gave the riddle in chapter 14, she pressed him for the answer to give it to the other men. Samson said in verse 18, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. Yeah, that's right. Clearly his wife was not devoted to him, but neither was Samson devoted to his wife. As a result of giving away the answer to the riddle, it says in verse 20 that Samson's wife was given to his companion. Later, with Delilah, you see the same type of relationship. Delilah asked him for the secret of his great strength. She pestered him so much because she wanted to give it to the men that were trying to capture him. Finally, he gave in to her and greatly suffered for it. But it is again an indication that Samson had a terrible relationship with Delilah. What you don't see in these chapters is the true devotion and commitment to the marriage relationship. There's deceit, there's abandonment, and faithlessness. This is only consistent with Samson's being driven by his own desires. These relationships that Samson had were born out of the flesh and not out of the spirit. This is again really ironic because there were times in which God's spirit did use Samson to judge the Philistines. But our suggestion is that God used Samson, despite his weaknesses, to judge the Philistines. In his own personal life and his relationships with these two women, he was a train wreck. The application for us is to think about our true commitment to our spouse despite our feelings or desires or cravings. We need to love them more than all these things and be devoted to them regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in. Well, that's enough for Samson and these two women. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to look at one of these lessons and discuss it with your spouse. Study and discuss the missing of your calling, unchecked cravings, 
an unwillingness to listen to wise counsel, or a lack of real commitment to the relationship. Well, let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this bad example of a marriage. And I pray that you would open our eyes, that there would be a a sense of clarity that you would bring to us as we study this uh, man, Samson, and his wives. And you would help us to make the course corrections that we need to make to have the marriage that honors you and is satisfying. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening this week. We would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. And would you let other people know about the podcast? You can share the link at the bottom as a text or put it on your Facebook page. If you have questions about this podcast or you need input into your own relationship, feel free to contact us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Well, next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking at another ugly marriage relationship. We're going to be looking at the life and the wives of David, his marriages. There was jealousy, frustration, and estrangement. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm-hmm.